0: the 2013 Hyundai Sonata. Learn more at HyundaiSonata.com. Hi, McElroy here in Los Angeles, because later this afternoon, we're going to be webcasting live from the floor of the Los Angeles Auto Show. Not only are we going to show you the new cars coming out here, I'll be interviewing a number of the top executives, like Mark Royce from General Motors, Adrian Hallmark from Jaguar Land Rover, Tom Dahl from Subaru, and a whole bunch of others. Tune in at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. But now let's get to the news. Jimmy Hall, it's all yours. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, by the way, John, how's the weather out there? The weather. Do, do we lose, John? Oh, okay, I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but we have lost John McElroy's signal. Anyway... Hi, and welcome to another episode of AutoLine Daily. It's Wednesday, the 28th of November, and as John said, I am Jim Hall from 2953 Analytics. Only that evil brother of mine gets away with calling me Jimmy. Now, let's get to the news, shall we? In an effort to battle the strong value of the yen, Honda's CEO says he wants to boost exports from the United States. According to the Wall Street Journal, last year the company exported 55,000 units from North America and they said they could raise that to as many as 200,000 thanks to increased capacity at its plants and a new factory in Mexico. The move is part of a broader effort to shift production out of Japan. Exports from its home country account for just 28 percent of Honda's global sales. Diesel-powered cars are starting to catch on in the United States now. According to a new study from the Diesel Technology Forum, Clean diesel sales are up over 25% through October of this year. That's around 104,000 units so far. While it's still a small fraction of the total market, the Forum forecasts that number of diesels in the U.S. will nearly double in the next year and a half. And by the end of the decade, diesel sales in North America are expected to reach over 900,000 units. We shall see. Ram Truck is sort of launching a new subdivision called Ram Commercial. It'll focus on the growing commercial truck market that's been dominated heretofore by Ford and General Motors. The new division will offer a full line of industrial-strength vans and trucks that will have the Tradesman trim level available on every model. The lineup will consist of current vehicles like the Ram 1500 Tradesman and the Ram CV Tradesman cargo van, but it will offer an all-new full-size van called the Ram Promaster Tradesman based on the Fiat Ducato. The van will be significantly redesigned with familiar Ram truck styling cues and will offer features and powertrains that are really preferred by North American customers. Ford introduced the Fiesta ST to the American market yesterday. The ST will have a 1.6 liter EcoBoost engine that produces an estimated 197 horsepower and 214 foot-pounds of torque. This is going to put cars like the Mini Cooper S and Chevy Sonic RS in its crosshairs. It'll also offer a precision sport tuned suspension, upgraded four-wheel disc brake system, electric power steering, and a six-speed manual transmission. The Fiesta ST will go on sale late next year. Coming up next, my thoughts on the state of electric vehicles. Why? Because plants need water to grow. Because baseball is played in the summer. Oxygen and hydrogen. Because I forgot to get a receipt. Why? Why not? Why? Why don't you go ask your dad? Do Sonata drivers know something you don't? The Sonata from Hyundai. Thanks to the California ZEV mandate and the EU CO2 requirements, electric vehicles, pretty serious electric vehicles, are here. To be sure, the business case for most of these products is flimsier than a Laura Scudders potato chip and easier to see through than a piece of onion skin. But they are here nonetheless. And for this petrol head, one of the biggest problems is that there isn't a single one of them that's styled to reflect the radical change that powers it. The Coda Forder sedan is probably the best example of what looks to be a regular compact sedan. A 20-year-old compact sedan with a grille that looks too small. I know it is a converted car. It's what I refer to as an Expedient Electric. That's a regular IC product repurposed for electric propulsion. And it's not the only one. Two of the better Expedient electrics, the Ford Focus Electric and the Chevy Spark EV, are differentiated from their longer-range petroleum-stoked variants by their grills. Their grills. Why do these cars even have grills? The thermal loads from an electric vehicle drive system are vastly lower than that of an IC production system, even if you've got a water-cooled battery packet inverter. It's still a fraction of what you need with a gas engine. It's crazy. Now, the Nissan Leaf has a large fill-up charge port door we would expect to grill on any other five-door C-Class hatchback. Now, it's a dedicated electric, so this is the kind of stuff you'd expect. But in spite of starting with a clean sheet, the LEAF is visually differentiated from other compact hatchbacks by weird details like these serpentine tail lamps that snake their way up the back of the C-Pillars and blue-tinted chrome. So other than a few details, nothing on the LEAF really communicates what it is. The same is also true for Tesla's impressive Model S. The award-winning car is a radical package that's been fully optimized for electric drive. There's a large trunk under the hood, a cabin with room for five to be seated comfortably, and a large flat-floor cargo area under a big hatch. Tesla even offers optional rear-facing child seats for the back, not unlike mom's wood-paneled country cousin Ranchmaster station wagon. But outside, the Tesla is nothing more than an attractive contemporary six-light four-door executive sedan. It even has a grille it doesn't need. So where is the modern EV that immediately communicates how advanced it is? Today at the LA Auto Show, BMW will pull the wraps off its upcoming i3 Megacity EV. When I first looked at the photos, I thought, ah, this is it. This car's the one. It'll communicate how advanced it is at just a glance. Then I saw the nose of the car. There in front of Dr. Engineer Reithoffer, God, and everybody else are the much-loved, and in this case totally unnecessary, twin kidneys that comprise BMW's frontal identity. I just don't get it do something new. But enough of my rant here. The modern EV is here, and it's a fixture of the future. Design aside, the products have appeal beyond their function as a tool of legislative compliance. On the automaker's part, what company wouldn't want to be free of the burden of emissions, fuel economy, engineering, testing, validation, and certification? Across a global medium to large manufacturer, the savings for not having to certify IC vehicles could get into ten figures. But this kind of freedom comes at a price. Peace cost. The technology you need to build these vehicles approach, that approach the performance levels that consumers come to expect from internal combustion engines is anything but cheap. Still, with volume comes a degree of economy of scale-based cost reduction. So in theory, the cost of advanced EV tech should be viewed as an investment where the payoff is significantly reduced certification costs. So it goes beyond just the cars. I just wish somebody would do an EV as tomorrow's car, rather than just hide some significant technology under some insignificant sheet metal. Just another reminder, today is the day AutoLine is broadcasting live from the floor of the LA Auto Show. John will be talking to top-level executives at the show, like Tim Mahoney from Volkswagen, Tom Dahl from Subaru, Anthony Falk from Audi, and many others. As usual, the crew will be going completely wireless to give you a first-hand walking tour of the show floor. So make sure you tune in today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific for the live show. You'll find everything you need, including a full guest list, at autoline.tv. That's all for today's show. Once again, I'm Jim Hall from 2953 Analytics. Thanks for watching, and I'll be seeing you.